What's up, everybody? Welcome to this Instagram Live bonus episode thing that we've been doing as of late. Um, this episode's uh, guest is Tyler Strutzel. Uh, name may not sound familiar to you, uh, but Tyler is a longtime friend of mine and uh, has actually been in a handful of bands uh, over the 10-plus years that I've known him uh, from his band Once Beloved, uh, another band he was in, uh, City at Homes, which recently broke up. Uh, he also was the touring guitar player for Diecast. Uh, recently, you might have seen him uh, if you were lucky enough to to be overseas, that is, uh, to see him uh, jamming with Jostin friends. Um, so Tyler, I mean, I think that kind of speaks to the pedigree of the dude. He is a phenomenal musician. And the whole reason we ended up doing this in the first place was because he had an upcoming solo EP, uh, Dark Verses, uh, Volume 1, which is out now as of when you're checking this out. So go pump that, check it out. Uh, slamming riffs, really awesome songs. I think uh, really showcases all that Tyler can do. And I mean, dude's got fucking phenomenal guests on there. I mean, you have fucking Kirk Winstein from Curl Bar. You got Brock from 36. You got a returning Toby Duckowitz from... Aftershock, which if you don't know who that is, go do your fucking homework. Um, and I gotta tell you, some of the other guests that were collectively he and I are kind of working on trying to get for him are uh, are fucking gonna be so sweet. So uh, kick back, listen to this episode, and uh, check out Dark Forces, and we'll talk to you on Sunday. Yo, come to the 21st century. My, <laughs> my head, though. <laughs> yeah, it's alright. Alright. So I guess let's uh let's hop into it and whoever joins joins and worst case I'll repost this on uh, various socials and so forth after the fact. Uh, you're an hour after you put out your first single, officially. I mean, yep. technically it uh, was released in other formats a little bit earlier than that, but uh, how does it feel to finally get out the first first song off of this? Uh, like I can sleep at night. <laughs> yeah, uh, see, good, I, I it's been interesting because i don't think i mean you you and i have talked about you doing this for fuck man for a while and uh it's it's kind of crazy to see it finally come into fruition and, and there being an actual product as opposed to talking about i think i want to do this thing i think it'd be cool if i could get some guests yep. and then now here we are the first single's out uh man right out the gates with uh bjorn from soil work you might also want to tip your uh phone down a yeah, little bit this is the worst stand ever here <laughs> there you go how's that that's good sweet let's see more of that that gorgeous beard of yours <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so kind of walk through a little bit of the uh you know by the way cheers i guess one of my two drinks i have yes cheers man yeah can't do this in person anymore. But kind of uh, let's uh, let's I guess go to the beginning. Um, what? How long has this project to be a, an actual solo record? How long has it kind of been in in development? Because I mean, a lot of I, what I always think is interesting is trying to decipher when someone goes, "I want to start a new music project." It's going to be a band. Nope, it's a solo project. Like, how do you yeah, how did you navigate that? Uh, I would say from, from in my head until like today, it's been about, <laughs> about two years. Um, I, most of the time was just me thinking about it, wanting to do it and never really doing it, you know? So it took me a few months to figure out, you know, what I was going to do with the songs and that were kind of in my head and all that kind of stuff. Now, you know, I don't necessarily want to 
because the point of this isn't to talk about like old projects and so forth, but you know, a lot of people probably know that you were in city homes and that was kind of the thing you were doing. And it seemed like you guys are at a point where, you know, it would have been time to start writing another record. Um, how much of this was maybe the demos of what would have maybe been some of the next uh, material for city homes, or was this straight up just material that, you know, you knew there was something special and different about it. So therefore it became, what would become a solo record? Like you knew there was just something inherently different about it than anything you had really done or written previously. Yeah, so none of it was actually meant for City of Homes. Uh, towards the end of when we finished being a band, I had a lot of the stuff like written and I was working on, but I it was never meant for that. Um, I just wanted to do something different and it just didn't really fit that band either. You know what I mean? Like completely different stuff, so. Right. Yeah. Let's, uh, you know, as you not being a vocalist, at least as far as I know, I don't think I've ever heard you uh, put your vocals on anything. <laughs> um, what was the, was there an idea of it being a singular person or how did you kind of come to the idea of doing and having many vocalists on? So I kind of wanted to just make this crazy album. Uh, and right away, I knew I wanted to have a bunch of, of my favorite vocalists. Um, it's kind of how it started. But I feel like a lot of sol like solo albums are like shred albums and stuff like that. I didn't want to do that. I wanted to have like actual, you know, like songs, you know, song structures, not just like guitar playing stuff. Um, so I just started thinking about a bunch of singers I wanted to get and kind of just made a list, went from there. When thinking about different vocalists, you know, it it's been interesting in doing the podcast and talking to a lot of guitar players over the years of doing this it's it's kind of funny that a lot of times when people write they don't write with a vocalist in mind at all like if they don't hear a voice they're not thinking about oh this will work really well for this vocalist because of x y or z capabilities they have as far as you know their voice their mo vocal melodies that they're known for and so forth now adversely i kind of had wondered because you know you have a, a wide array of people that you know has been mentioned that are going to be on this record their vocals are, are not similar in any way, shape, or form, most of them. Like, there aren't very many carryover yeah. qualities to them. Adversely, did you kind of write with that in mind, like using different tones, different, you know, kind of styles that you've maybe picked up over the years to kind of match the people you were hearing in your head? Or was it more of a, I just wrote and then was like, oh, fuck, so-and-so would sound good over this afterwards? So I, when I would start to write a song, I'd get, like, a couple pieces in my head and I'd start to write it. And I kind of instantly knew like what, when I was writing, who I wanted to reach out to for that, for said song. So I would, and so, you know, once whoever confirmed they would do it, then I would kind of finish the song knowing they were going to sing on it. And that helped a lot as far as like song structure, writing, whatever, just picturing whoever, you know, so. When you've gotten back, even maybe the, the raw versions of uh, the vocal tracks, were you shocked at how, how good it sounded? I was psyched. I was psyched how quick everyone did it too. All these guys did the track so fast. It was crazy. It's kind of weird because it's like you know, you're in a we're in a unique position right now where like no one can really do anything. I mean, I think a lot of states are like we are here in Michigan where they're starting to lift the band uh, as far as the congregation of people and so forth. But I know a lot of people haven't been able to record uh, just due to the fact that of all this going on. So it's almost kind of fitting that, you know, you did yours locally and then you bounce the tracks to somebody else and then, you know, they do yeah. their part. 
and it's almost like you you preemptively worked on a pandemic record as far as how to yeah. record it. Um, some of the tracks I was working on a while ago, and it was tricky because I was on the road and these guys were home, and then I was home and they were on the road. But now with everything going on, it kind of lined up to be able to finish it because everyone is around, I guess, unfortunately. But someone just asked who played drums on the record. Uh, they're actually all programmed drums. So I just wrote the drums and programmed them in. Kept it uh, as much of a solo record as possible, as far as not really having any other band members. Um, is that something you're pretty well versed in, is being able to write drum parts? Or do you work with someone who may be more versed in programming the drums and kind of being more realistic sounding, I guess, in the sense of like, yeah, this is so what I, someone would actually play versus what you know someone could just go right. shit with and be like, here you go. I like writing the parts a lot. I had people, different sessions that people helped me with who I was working with um, sitting down behind and I had all the drum parts in mind, but they, you know, they would do their programming and stuff, but, and yeah, stuff to it. So who, uh, something out of curiosity, who was the first person to agree to do this? And, and were they kind of a, uh, a catalyst for the other people to say yes? Like when you like, once you got that first person confirmed, did that help kind of open the floodgates for some of the other guests you have on? I've been working on it for so long, I kind of forget who was the first person. <laughs> the first person that came down and tracked vocals was, was Jay Costa from uh, That Will Be Done. Mm -hmm. And we did, we did those right here in Westfield, right down the street from my house. So, um, but that was like, that was, it was a while back, yeah. So I think so he did first and then Toby was second. It's so weird to see Toby. Like, I don't, I, I almost feel like this is going to be a reintroduction to how great of a vocalist <laughs> Toby is. For he a lot sounds of awesome, man. He, uh, he, when he said he would do it, he's like, yeah, I've been saying in 14 years. And I was like, <laughs> all right. And uh, he sent me back the track. It's on, I think he sounds as good or better than he did back then. I think he sounds, I mean, I don't know if it's just a little bit more modern production and it being a little cleaned up in the production wise, but I think the, the snippet I think you played me sounds better than the last Aftershock yeah. record that I heard him on. His, uh, like the tones he used for the song are just fitting, you know what I uh, Yeah. But if that's just him, it's raw. There's not much, you know, we didn't do anything crazy to his, to his vocals, you know? So. What, uh, what was kind of the, some of the feedback you got from some of the people when you sent them the tracks? I mean, I feel like that's always interesting too, where you're, you're sending something out to someone kind of, not blindly, but you're kind of like, ah, I wonder if they're going to be like, yeah, this is cool, but like, it just isn't, doesn't fit me or I don't hear myself on it. Did you, like, how was that kind of experience? Like kind of waiting to hear back from people on it? I was worried at first because I didn't want, I didn't want anyone to do it just to do it. You know what I mean? I wanted people that to, to love the song and want to do it and be a part of it and have fun with it and, and put their own thing on it. Um, I was nervous of that at first. Like, what if, you know, what if they don't like it or blah, blah, blah. Um, but fortunately, everyone was super fun to work with. Everyone was awesome. Everyone seemed psyched on the songs. And in return, I was psyched on what they were sending me. And it all went really smooth, um, considering what we had to do to get it done. This may not be a question you can answer uh, legally, maybe, but, uh, you know, I know some, some people have done stuff like this before, and I'm always like, oh, how did, uh, with labels and so forth, how does this work as far as uh, getting people on and having to release this when there's, you know, X amount of people from different labels? I mean, I guess in the case of, like, Toby and so forth, there's nobody uh but is, is that like did you find that be to be an interesting kind of 
uh, loop, not a loophole, a hurdle maybe you had to kind of go over that you weren't prepared for was like, oh shit, I guess I got to like kind of get other facets within the music industry of the actual business side of things. And I got to make sure all the clearances and stuff are, are in place to, you know, make sure that this is all on the up and up for everybody. So I definitely thought about all that stuff without getting too involved with it because it's a whole nother conversation. Um, it wasn't as bad as I thought. It went pretty smoothly. Really? Um, yeah, it, was, it wasn't any, as much of a headache as I thought. Wow, that's interesting. So it, it actually, putting, putting it out was fairly easy. Um, How have you found, I mean, I know for the most part, most of the projects you've done have all been you know, self-released and so forth. But if this is one of the first projects you've kind of really released on your own, how did you find having to navigate that, you know, getting everything ready on, you know, getting video premieres and getting, you know, something like publicity and dealing with a lot of the behind the scenes stuff before, like, it's like the music's one part of it, but then it's like yeah. the rollout of everything is a completely different side of the, of all of this that, you know, maybe you had someone else in your, in your band or whatever that kind of took on that role. How is it kind of being the one that's like, Oh fuck, I got to do all this like myself, literally. Um, a lot of the headache work as far as like, a little different than when you're where you're going with it but like the artwork and all that kind of stuff i did first so i did that a lot so all the like promotional stuff and artwork and all the stuff for uploading and, and pressing and and all that stuff even merch is all, all the merchandise i have done um, oh wow i'm waiting on some stuff to come back but I, I wanted to do that all that first so while i was recording all the songs i knew that was done so once i had the final mix and master it was just a matter of kind of sending it out and getting that back and a couple of a little other things but um a lot of last minute stuff too that you don't think about when you're like, you know, like to the last minute trying to figure stuff out to get it done in time. Um, but it, yeah, it went pretty smoothly, man. Way more than I thought. I'm honestly surprised to hear that because like yeah. typically the, a lot of people, you know, especially when it's, when you don't have the other people that, you know, in a band, that's, that's kind of always the interesting thing about a band is how inevitably somebody in the band kind of assumes a different kind of role, whether it be, hey, this guy is actually really good with talking to, to venue people and, and being kind of more of a TM kind of a person. This person's really good with like finances and business. This person's really good with marketing strategies and so forth. So it's always kind of interesting to see when one person kind of has to do it. And, you know, you and I, in all the years that we've known each other, I've never really heard you discuss those kind of things. So I wasn't even sure if that was something that you were like, had a knowledge of doing from, you know, once beloved era and, you know, times and so forth, or... You know, yeah. just kind of being around the people that you know in the industry or whatever. But it was just kind of a thing where I really assumed that you were going to, and you haven't vocalized it, but I was like, I assumed you were going to be like, Jesus Christ, dude, I, fuck, man. I, I, there was all these hurdles that I just wasn't oh, really yeah, expecting or prepared for. Yeah, it was way smoother. I mean, uh, some of it is, you know, past band and back in Once Beloved, we, we did stuff like, you know, on our own, but everything changes over time. So a lot of it was kind of like, I kind of knew some stuff, some stuff was new to me, some stuff I had to figure out kind of on the spot. Um, but it was kind of just like, I had my deadlines and I just went for it and got it done. What, uh, so obviously you, you have uh, announced that this is volume one, Dark Verses. Yep. Uh, what does, what does volume two kind of hold? Have you already started to think about what volume two looks like? Is there a bigger plan where maybe this is a part of a, a four or five part series? Like how far out, how far down this rabbit hole have you already kind of started thinking and working on? So for this, I mainly volume one and two is kind of what's in my head. Um, okay. 
they kind of tie together. I've already started writing and recording some stuff for the second one. Um, so now that everything's rolling and, and this is done, I can keep working on that and get that done sooner, which is good. Um, but yeah, I definitely planned on, on just volume one and two for this. And then is the goal to, you know, a lot of times now you see like, here's volume one, it might be an EP, here's volume two, it might be an EP. And then you put together maybe a couple more songs and then cr mash it kind of all together as a full length. Is there a plan to do that eventually? Or is it just going to be two separate entities as two, two things that will always kind of be separate and never put together? Yeah, I was planning on doing two separate ones. Um, maybe eventually like a special edition, some, some kind of thing. But the plan was volume one and then volume two. And then I was planning on having the release party this summer. And I was going to have all the singers come down was the plan and have a big release party. And uh, obviously with everything going on, we couldn't do that. So that's why it's just that's why I'm going digital for now. Um, you know, I didn't want to wait any longer for this. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, where do you see volume two going? Do you want to flex more of a, an interesting wider array of influences and styles that maybe you're not touching on on this? Or are you trying to keep it more uh, traditionally just kind of a, a metal kind of a band thing? I think for this specific Dark Versus, the one and two, it's kind of going to be similar. Um, okay. A lot of that, too, is figuring out as I go. I have some, you know, I won't say now because it's too early, but I have some people already confirmed for the second one. And I've had thoughts of bringing everybody back from the first one. And then there's people that want to do this one. So I don't really know exactly the plan yet for two. But um, I had an awesome time working with everyone on this one. So as far as anyone on this one that wants to come back, that would be awesome. Maybe a couple more guests. Um, there's the option of doing all different singers, too. So it's kind of, kind of crazy, but. So uh, one person, the same person that asked about the drummer is just kind of asking, I know you sort of touched on it, but when the green light is on for shows, will it be taken onto the road uh, at all? I think kind of just logistically speaking from things like this, like I know uh, Devil Driver kind of ran into this with, uh, with their covers record and shit like that, you know, when talking to Dez. Logistically, it'd be really hard to, to tour something like this unless you kind of did more of like a Mark Morton thing where you had one person that was on the record that was going to tour with you uh, and do everything. But is there really, beside the, a, an album release show, is there really, do you think, much of an opportunity to kind of do the, uh, do multiple shows with this for Dark Versus? So if we do a release party and I get all the singers here, at that point, they're already all around. You know what I mean? So... The first thought was just to do a, just a big release party, not actually play, just like a physical release party. Um, everyone, anyone can hang out, meet whoever's there. Just easy, free, listen to the album, buy the album, hang out. Um, I was the one who had never thought about doing it live, and some of the vocalists actually brought it up about doing mm -hmm. it, especially if they are around. Um, mm -hmm. So that's kind of been talked about. Um, I don't have any definites as of now with everything going on, but we did talk about doing that. And it gets a little tricky having six different vocalists, but I feel that everyone on this album could cover each other's songs as well. Cause they're all, you know, they're all. They out, all of do... out of curiosity, I thought it just kind of popped in my head in a live setting. Did, uh, 
does perhaps what you did with Jostin and the Jostin and Friends thing, did that kind of, does that kind of give you more of an idea on how to pull something like that off? Kind of. It would be like Jostin and Friends, but reversed. Because uh, Jostin and Friends, you know, it was the band. And right. He, and he was doing the vocals. It kind of essentially be the same thing. Just opposite. Um, it would probably do it as one guitar, obviously, and then uh, a drummer, bass player, and then, you know, depending on when we get to that point, I would figure out the vocal stuff. It's kind of no definite answers yet, you know, but right. we've, I think I've talked to almost every vocalist individually about doing something with it, you know? A fun question. Uh, you know, obviously you said you were surprised that some of the, the guests, vocalists, uh, were, were as into the songs and doing them as possible or as they were, and as such had talked about coming back on for a second set. Um, adversely are has anyone even come back to you and been like yo like i not only dig this do you have anything more maybe like this could be something more than just a one-off like has has anything like that kind of spurned out of this a couple of the guys yeah we're cool with uh working on more songs whether it be for fun or another volume or just for a side project or whatever um and i think i talked to you a while back but brock and i have been working on some other stuff yeah that's different than this different than my past bands different than 36 um, and we're going to try to put some stuff together, um, which is actually kind of, I just started writing some stuff for that too, now that I have more time that this is done. So kind of balancing writing for the volume two and then some other stuff. So, How has it been to creatively in that realm of starting down the path of like, I like this thing that I'm doing versus someone being like, yo, this is tight. Let's, let's, let's collaborate and do some more and now kind of trying to maybe think a little bit outside the box of what you were doing to kind of do something that's not quote unquote you and not quote unquote what they do, but to create something new for the two of you. Has it been fun or interesting to try to be in a new creative space like that? Like where you're trying to think us outside of what you are working on or had been working on. Yeah. I mean, that's the fun. Like I like that for me, it's like uh, the fun of it was writing for each singer. Like once, once I knew who was going to do it, it's kind of like, all right, how do I write something that would be like, almost like if, as if I was playing for their band, like and write right. them um, It's kind of, get, I would get in that mind frame and be like, and when they would do vocals, it, it's like, treat it like you would if it was, you know, whatever band, go and do your thing to it. So like talking to Brock on writing stuff. Yeah. We, we brainstormed some ideas and talked about bands we like, and it's a little more challenging than stuff I would normally write, but that's kind of the fun in it. You know what I mean? To kind of figure out something new and different. What is, I feel like in all the years of, of your bands, and I'm going to kind of talk more more from the Once Beloved uh, era of, of your career, you know, I feel like Once Beloved was one of those bands that was just kind of like so on the cusp of, of kind of becoming maybe not like a big sign band, but like could have been something on a, a smaller indie label and kind of grown. And then, you know, for various reasons, the band went away. As such, has all of your years and all the connections maybe you've made in the industry, is this a project where you feel this is a opportunity for you to finally get some label notice and be able to kind of get some backing from, from a bigger perspective and kind of push this where I always feel like you kind of should have been as far as your talent uh, goes, as far as your songwriting and all that. I feel like it's inevitable that it'll happen. And I feel like this surprisingly will be the one 
maybe that does that for you. Do you feel that way or is that even something you're looking at? I, to be honest, man, I didn't even think about it like that. This was just like, I wanted to just make a fun album with all my favorite vocalists and just, it kind of just took over for the last like year and a half. Um, my, the main thing in my mind was just getting it done and getting it out and doing it properly. Um, so I never really even thought about any of that, you know? Um, <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's been fun writing all this different styles and stuff for different people. But, um, what is a style? I guess this is a two part question. What is the style that you want to, you want to write maybe for the second verses and adversely, maybe a vocalist that people wouldn't expect that you would want to be on a song that you would like to have be a part of the second verse versus Oh, if I could get someone that people wouldn't expect on a tune? Yeah. And also, like, what's a genre or style that you want to kind of fuck around with on, on it that maybe people wouldn't expect out of you? So it's kind of this... I, volume 2, for what I've started writing, is kind of similar to 1. It's it's kind of like a two-part thing. So it all... If you were to play it all together, it's kind of... it's You know, it all plays through. Um, I think we talked a while back. Uh, someone I would like to get that I think no one would expect would be uh, James from 18 Visions would be. I could probably make that happen. With a song. So, um, <laughs> I mean, I've always loved that band. And I feel like he can do anything. Well, I mean, he just joined the Brotherhood of the uh, Hardogram Tattoos today, uh, yesterday. So, you know, you got it in that way, at least. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that was well, that would be awesome. I feel like he can he can sing over any song. I feel like I feel like he's a lot more underrated than people give him credit for. And I think if you, even if not only just for what he's done in Eighteen Visions, but like Burn Halo, I yeah. think was is a great example too of more of the diverse range of his voice. Yep. And I think that's kind of like the interesting thing in some of the stuff I've heard. Like I think the, the Bjorn song, I think it it makes sense. It sounds like something Bjorn would go over. However, when you have something between soil work uh disharmonia mundi and now night flight orchestra it's like okay listen to bjorn on any of those what couldn't he do yeah it's funny the song that's uh the song with bjorn is not what anyone expected and that was kind of the point i think everyone thought it was like a single was going to be some pretty nice pretty song and it's the <laughs> exact opposite it's uh it's more old school hardcore inspired to you know in my opinion and uh it was funny at one point when he first sent me back the first take i was like I was like, I have one of the best metal vocalists, like clean singing vocalists in the, in, in the rounds on my album. He doesn't sing at all. And it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it did have a, remind me a little bit of like uh, Steel Bass Suicide and Chain Heart Machine. Yeah. Yeah. Like though that era of soil work vocals for me, like where I was like, oh man, like this is sort of what like made me fall in love with this band. And you know, it is kind of funny because it's like, I think, you know, especially after like stabbing the drama and like Natural Born Chaos and a lot of the new newer stuff, I think a lot of people kind of forget that that's sort of where the band came from was very uh, non-melodic uh, vocals. Yeah, that's that was like my one of my first favorite albums. It was uh, I, would, I forget how old I even was. I was like 15 or something. I don't even remember. Chain Heart yeah. Machine was like to this day still one of my favorites. Yeah, it's uh, it's wild to think, you know, like I know In Flames is getting ready to release the 20th anniversary of Clayman or whatever, and it's like, fuck, has it been 20 years already? Like since that record came out? Yeah, it's crazy, man. Times, times flying by. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> as as much as it doesn't feel like it at times, it definitely is. <laughs> yeah.
Well, I know we kind of wanted to keep this one a little bit short since people haven't really heard the uh, the rest of the songs and so forth, so we don't really want to go into too much detail about things that people can't hear yet, because uh, that always sucks when, when people are like, oh my god, this new record, and you're like, I, I won't hear it for like another <laughs> month or so. They don't so have a couple, couple more weeks, so. What, uh, I guess, what does... I mean, obviously, all of this, you know, you and I have talked and you kind of just said a little bit ago, the plan was to kind of have like an album listening party, release party thing where people could come listen to the record. I think you were going to do it at Timbridge. I think at one point it was something you had said. Um, I guess that's the thing. Are you going to make it dark versus beer? We talked about that, too. And again, with everything going on in the world, uh, everything is so messed up for everybody. I mean, it could be worse. Um, I guess in a positive way, the only thing it really messed up was a beer at a release party <laughs> other people have uh, you know bigger problems but um yeah we talked about that so for anyone that doesn't know that uh joe from within the ruins mixed and mastered the album and um i recorded a lot of it at his studio and he also owns tin bridge so we talked about doing a release party there and potentially brewing a beer for the release and all that and you know unfortunately we couldn't do it now um but I might, hopefully, if things change, I might try and do, like, the Dark Versus Volume 2, kind of do a one massive party for both albums. There you just go. Com just combine them. And then create two different beers? Two different beers. What, uh, just to bust your balls on a little bit, what, uh, what were some of the, what does a Dark Versus, when you listen to the record or when you think about a beer that's going to tell the story and go along and pair with your album, what did that, what did it, what did it sound like, I guess, as far as, like, when I think of the beer, it, it, it looks like this and it sounds like these flavor profiles. What were you looking at making? We were throwing around a bunch of stuff. We were throwing around, like, a like a, like a, like a chocolate stout with, like, a raspberry kind of thing. There you go. And then, but then it was, like, time was going by and the seasons were changing, so it's, like, every month we had a different idea. Um, <laughs> I, guess it, I guess it really depends when the party is and it, if we have time to do that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I always think that's kind of like the fun thing of asking people that I know are into beer or whatever. Like when it's like, you know, like when bands make beer, it's like, what do you like? We'll say Deftones, which now, I mean, they have like, they went a different round. I think they're trying to do a, or at the time we're trying to do a beer for every season, but it's almost like, what does Deftones taste like to you? When you yeah. think of Deftones, what do you think of as far as like a beer or a drink? And so it's always kind of interesting to kind of correlate something that's a very audible and kind of oral, uh, sensation into a more tactile taste right yeah, yeah, and yeah. figuring out how do you correlate all of those things together you should send yeah. me some of the Cambridge beer because it always sounds good the shit you have i just got to get it to you cold uh if i can do that i can get you some the beer is amazing all of it is <laughs> I, mean, I just spent like 130 dollars to get beer to uh mark from nothing more in texas yeah. <laughs> Between the beer, not $130 to get it there, but like it was spent like $90 on beer only here in Michigan, and then yeah. another like 30 something for uh, or 50 something on uh, shipping. Yeah, I because I forgot that beer weighs a lot. What would be awesome is if uh, when we do the party, whenever that happens, if you were to come down for that, that'd be awesome. I mean, depending on what it is, and I assume yeah. you can make it on a weekend, I could probably make that happen. Yeah. Lord knows we uh, we both enjoy uh, tasty beverages. I mean, I <laughs> do. But uh, 
yeah um i guess lastly where can um where can everyone find you i mean i know we're on one form of social media but where can everyone find you and um, i guess just kind of in wrapping up what uh what is on the horizon as far as what you can do right now currently so as far as me i'm i'm mostly doing the facebook instagram uh i just did, started a new youtube channel all my stuff's up there um as of today the single is on amazon music and itunes it within the week it should be everywhere and when i say everywhere i mean like the page they sent me was like <laughs> this massive page of these tiny little icons where it's going to be uh, right from pretty much everywhere that i've heard of to like a hundred places i've never even heard of so uh it should be easy to find um I, I know with everything going on a lot of these companies are backed up with getting everything up and live so right um I, I would hope by the end of the week it'll be if you search for it it'll come up everywhere so and is there an official release date for the record or the ep 622 622 okay so we got like two three not, weeks yeah not too far away awesome yeah well man. thanks for doing this i know you're uh, I've, I've broken your cherry on doing a lot of these like weird <laughs> interviewee <laughs> kind of things yeah man so of thanks for uh, spending part of your saturday with me oh likewise man thank you yeah well, cheers, and uh, I'm sure cheers, I'll talk brother. to you very soon. Talk to you, man.